everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. So now what are we going to do? Hmm. Same we, thing we do every, every week. Maybe every, we take all, over the world, Pinky. Maybe we all just sit in silence and meditate for 30 minutes with the sounds of Oh, that'd silence. be a good episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, team. We're going to sit here and meditate. That would be our... That would be... It, it would be like, boom. That would be our test of our loyal listeners. How many downloads does the episode <laughs> of literally 30 minutes of silence get? What do you think? Uh, I think uh, only if it's brought to you by Shiloh. Boom. Mm -hmm. I bet Tim Wacker listens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I bet you Tim Wacker does a lot of things um, that don't necessarily involve, you know, uh, meditation or whatnot. So maybe he needs this. Maybe this is what helps bring him across the the bridge. I think we need a joke like 30 minutes in. Just something. So like a, but now you're saying that. Like a real loud fart. Mm-hmm. And then Wait just like, uh, well, there is a style. Are we rolling? Of course. I think we, we're always rolling. There's a style of joke that is absolutely my number one. It's called a shaggy dog story. <sighs> okay. Have you heard of these? Um, sure, I have. But the fact that you have a, uh, a shtick, a, I a, got a shtick, a fence around jokes as your like your deal. Oh, well, I you, love it. Well, when you, Tex <laughs> checked out the Encyclopedia of Humor from the library in 2013, when his feedback was on his first cert, like, what, you, you need a sense of humor, pal. So he uh, went deep diving. But it was sense of humor, a personality, uh, warmth, depth. And yeah, I just finished the humor book. So next, <laughs> I don't know what's next. But the, time, I'm telling you, your timing is getting better. But it's, it's a shaggy, shaggy dog. dog. <laughs> it is. And here's a shaggy dog. Have you... Luke, you've definitely heard me say the uh, heard the 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 swing story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm aware of the shaggy dog because I have a Godzilla. I have a Godzilla shaggy dog. Is where you sit here and you're with a group of people and you're telling the story that just gets longer and longer, <laughs> five, six, seven, and an eight minute story with no punchline. Yeah. But the joke is they just sat through eight minutes. You just <laughs> rang and wasted everybody's time. Uh, so, so what you're saying is that Power Athlete Radio is the world's longest shaggy dog. It uh, is. Uh, yes. Uh, joke. Yes. So like we're like, I, I guess we got him again this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. You know, all those fitness podcasters out there like really, you know, putting the axe to the grindstone to figure out how to crack the top 10. And we're just in here shaggy dogging it. Well, you know, the problem is, is uh, when your whole life is dedicated to macros and micros and sets and reps and everything. And that's really what, you know, sets the sun and everything goes and rises. I think it gets old after a while. After you've been doing this for what, seven years? We've been doing podcast seven years? 2014. Mm-hmm. April. 2014. 2013. 2013. April 2013. 2013. So we're I think like, it's April 14th, 2013. Wow. So That's why I keep getting it. Yeah, we're, well, I'm, nobody knows how long that is, but. Uh, I think it's 100 years, John. <laughs> <laughs> Some days like it feels like it. Uh, <laughs> but I think, like, um, the, the one thing that whenever somebody talks to me about Power at the Radio, the one thing that they always bring up is like the diverse guest list mm-hmm. the fact that we have uh, a rudimentary knowledge or a rudiment a rudimentary knowledge of a whole bunch of different things opposed from just like 
mm-hmm. eat kale, eat this, you know, lean, you know, green leafy vegetables, Roy G. Mm-hmm. Biv. I mean, we know that stuff too, but I think having some very diverse guests is helpful. Yeah. And, and they'll not con- only for us, but also for, for, for the listeners. And they continue to get even more diverse in 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we're like, talking paragons of fitness, like Matthew Modine. <laughs> Is, well, uh, he did. He's out yeah. there. I mean, uh, you know, Vision Quest, like you got to give it to him. I do have to give I it mean, to him. I mean, he was a method pro- actor. He had to train. Oh, yeah. It's great. Well, we got a crew episode. We got Let's the hotline. The hotline is hot. Ooh, the hotline hot. is hot. Hot. It's very hot, Tex. I can't tell you how hot this hotline is. I hope it's hot because uh, my feet are kind of cold. Ooh. Oh. The glacial chill. But I'm also not so wearing socks. Here's my, I think, I like your theory, John, that there's just a bunch of gold coins under the <laughs> barn that like are changing the thermodynamics of the concrete. I think what there is, is that the whole uh, foundation is built out of gold bars and the gold <laughs> is conducting the cold faster into their feet. So if we just crack this, then we'll see gold. Everything's turning up well, boy. The Power how, Athlete movie. How, uh-huh. how hilarious is that? If we like crack the floor, we're like, hey, what's that? Well, there's gold always bar? money in I, the banana stand. <laughs> exactly. Arrested development. Let's do it. Shall we do it? Yeah. Well, hotline's open. We got a voicemail here, fellas. Uh, that number to the hotline is 929-464-464-0. 929-ING-ING-0. That's right. Today we have a voicemail that we are going to play. What is our listener's name? Did he leave it? Matt from Delaware. Here we go. And enhance. Hey, Luke, Tex, and John. This is Matt in Delaware. My question relates to nutrition, and uh, I'm hoping you guys could break down why does food quality matter? So, why would it be better to eat grass-fed beef instead of, you know, grain-fed grocery store beef? Why is food quality more important than, uh, you know, just macros why does if it fits your macros not work or why are why is it not optimal all right i'm out thanks guys bye in a short question there's a lot to unpack there Mm -hmm. and i mean the very first one yeah i mean obviously food quality matters and food quality is always going to trump um you know uh, if you're trying to you know, hit your macros with beer, potato chips, and beef jerky. It's obviously uh, going to give a less positive effect mm-hmm. than if that looked like something that was more nutrient dense. Uh, but let's just dispel the first one. I mean, Peter Ballerstead, we had him on the podcast. Episode 152. Adam 152. Um, we were big into the, you know, grass-fed, pasture-raised meat as being... I guess we could say healthier and more nutrient dense. And we used to use words like uh, omega threes and a whole bunch of stuff. And what we ended up having is uh, we had Peter Ballerstedt on, who was a, who is a, like the world's for, um, foremost forage agronomist. I think so. That's how we pronounced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we asked him straight up, is there a difference between what you get at the grocery store and what you get grass fed? And his comment was, if you're eating red meat for omega-3s, we got problems. Right. Um, so it was yes, however. Yes. Right. Um, that, I remember getting off that one and we're like, whoa, wait whoa. a minute. We've been beating the war drum. Yeah. I mean, so his, I think his comment was like, if you, for example, you're one of these paleo folks who are like, you know, counting your almonds and only eating grass-fed beef. If you eat a handful of almonds, you ultimately offset, offset the benefits of almost like 16 ounces of yeah. grass-fed uh, 
right? Yeah. Was it something like that, John? Yeah, because uh, the omega six. If oh. you ate like some walnuts, he said if you're eating, if you want to eat something for omega threes, have some salmon. Yeah. Um, he did make a distinction though that uh, there was a difference between wild and farm raised fish. But he, when he said really when it came down to grain fed, grass fed, the whole deal, uh, the better question is, are you eating meat? Yes. And yep. if you are, then you can start kind of looking for the nuance. Do you like the taste? Mm-hmm. There's a sustainability play. I mean, um, you know, and I think at that point we really pivoted uh, to being like, you know, the question isn't whether or not you're having grass-fed meat. It's uh, are you, you know, eating beef? Are you eating beef? Right. And are you consuming it in high enough quantities to be able to sustain muscle mass and increase performance and all the other jiggy stuff? Well, I want to draw a little fence, right? Because like it's questions like these that there's some assumptions I think we're making. But do you need food quality, John, to lose fat? No. Okay. So uh, f- let's say this question from Matt is like, hey, how come do you like, why does if it fits my macros not get me skinny? Well, that's not true. You can. You well, can lose weight and lean out yeah. he, eating junk food, well, right? Yeah. He said um, uh, if it fit your macros doesn't work or, or does work. And it does work. Because at the end of the day, uh, the law of thermodynamics talks about no energy is lost, no mm-hmm. energy is uh, you know dissipated. That if you eat in a caloric deficit, you know, and that's like mm-hmm. your daily expenditure burn. If you're eating in a caloric deficit, you will lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, your body doesn't necessarily look and be like, "Oh, I'm going to lose more weight." Now we also know there's a greater thermogenic effect for protein, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's not as if uh, your body looks and says, "Okay, hey, like this." grass-fed meat versus this grain-fed. Now, when we start looking at like toxins, micronutrients, and a whole bunch of other stuff, then we start getting into bigger play. Yeah. So let's say, John, okay, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm doing if it fits my macros. And all of a sudden, like, so with that said too, like it doesn't always work. What if you, and let's say there's a performance lane in this thing. So you're trying to lean out, lose weight and perform, and you find yourself deficient in uh, what do you think? Magnesium, yeah. uh, iron, vitamin B, and uh, selenium, selenium, copper, copper. Yeah. So like these yeah. these minerals and vitamins now, and you're using if it fits my macros, but you're deficient in these that are responsible for all sorts of. How do you know you're deficient in these? You just kind of like because your 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 influencer hero is also. Uh, okay. <laughs> So the point is blood yeah, work, right? You got to yes. see what's under the hood. Yeah. I, but I, I also think, too, that if you're going to the levels of um, investing and in getting blood work that's doing micronutrient testing, you're probably a little farther down the road than the person that's just eating Twinkies. Right. So like if you're in that point where you're like, hey, I want to go get some micronutrient testing, you know, you reach out to, uh, you know, Dr. Tom and next thing you know, you're, you know, uh, you're low in zinc, magnesium, iron, selenium, mm-hmm. copper, all these other micronutrients that are important for making testosterone and helping have a healthy androgen profile. Um, you're probably not the dude that's eating, you know, Twinkies, Ho-Hos. Yeah, for you know, your carbs. Yeah, for, for your carbs. Right. So I, I think uh, the problem is, is that testing, I think, would be more beneficial to people earlier, but they, you know, aren't really, really ready to make a life change. Now, what's pretty interesting on blood work um, regardless of how you get there, uh, blood work improves usually when people lose weight. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting one. Like, um, you know, people have uh, gone in, the blood work's been a little messed up. They've put them on a, you know, hypocaloric diet, which is in deficit. And next thing you know, they lose 20 pounds. They go back with really no change other than the 20 pounds and they'll go back and get uh, blood work done and the markers will dramatically improve. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that if your goal is to lose weight, 
eating in a caloric deficit is probably the first thing you have to do. There's no magic foods. There's nothing. It's not like you're going to be able to consume fucking 5,000 calories of bulletproof coffee and still lose weight because it's a magic nutrient. With that said, though, John, is there like is there a lean uh, like a body fat percent that 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 is generally true? Like, let's say you're trying to lose weight. You're 12 percent body fat. You're trying to get to 10 percent. Yeah. Is it as simple as that? No. Now it gets a little different. But if you're a 20, 25, 30% body sure. fat. Yeah, you have a much bigger margin of error. Then you then it's like, okay, hypocaloric is phase step one, yeah. right? Maybe even 15 to 20? Yeah, right? I mean, if you're trying to get from 12 to 10 or even below 10% body fat, now all of a sudden we have to start dialing a lot more things. Yes. We have to not only be in, in caloric restriction, we have to be able to eat enough protein to maintain muscle mass. You're going to have to sleep. You're going to have to dial your training. Uh, I found that uh, it was pretty easy to stay somewhere between 12 and 15%. To crack to get under that 12, 8, 9, 10, 7, there was a, a probably, uh, you know, orders of magnitude more work that it takes in terms of uh, nutrient timing, training timing, sleep, mm-hmm. water. I mean, all the, like everything hunger, has to hung, be. Like con- curbing yeah. hunger, you yeah. know, like, it, or dealing with it, I guess. Like yeah. that, that's, that takes energy, right? Yeah. I mean, the, um, uh, Paul Carter and I had a really good talk and we were talking about, you know, like how long can somebody eat in a caloric restriction? And he's got a pretty good idea. He's like, you know, people can be hungry for about three days and then it's right on that fourth day. Like it almost makes sense to like, uh, figure out what your total caloric load is and then just eat that in one meal and then fast the rest of the day to keep underneath. But like there's a little bit of uh, or actually there's a ton of research on like refeeds periodically to kind of keep everything kind of humming in the right direction. But I think um, anybody that tells you, hey, you can lose weight and never be hungry. Um, I, like it's very, very rare that I've met people that are like, man, I just lost, you know, 15 pounds and I was never hungry Yeah. Uh, for me to have lost, you know, to really lean out. Like I got to be hungry for I, I got to go to bed hungry more than a few days. I want to bring up the the old school nutrition old school from CrossFit football, CrossFit mm. SSA, and then how you wait CrossFit ass backwards, CrossFit <laughs> ass backwards, and how you structured it, John, <laughs> and the importance. And I feel if we're going to hand off some actionable uh, feedback for this individual, that presentations was set up in a very logical way, actionable steps, starting with. The presentation was set up in a logical way. And the then, way I gave it was anything but logical. Right. Mm. But ending with macros. So we began with what to eat in protein and then led on this trail. Well, we to, didn't start with why technically. Correct. Text. You, no. You, well, we really. St- so I just want to throw this out there for discussion. <laughs> what? Uh, that you're, you're forgetting the sequence of the lectures six years later? No, I brought up. <laughs> I pulled up my Your record, notes. my photos. Uh, I always had to keep photos of this one. Mm-hmm. It was not my strong suit. But so the, I guess, John, the the difference the in the podcast that's coming up to text. I don't know if you're able to find it. Dr. William Wiley, 133, who wrote, uh, what was his book called? Oh, um, it's better than the steroids, right? Better than steroids. Yep. And so there's also a lot of like technical info in that episode. If you really want to go back to the. But the well, idea with the, is good. The idea with yeah. food quality and focusing on food quality is that you have a better chance of curbing or blunting yeah. a an inflammatory response to food. Where when you get to the processed stuff or the quick and like really, you know, uh, I guess like the Kool Aids and like the table sugar sucrose and stuff like that, you can trigger an inflammatory response. Right? Is yeah. that the kind of the shake? Yeah, yeah. He um, he got into a lot of the hormonal. 
like factors for, uh, you know, in dieting. But I thought was pretty interesting is, I mean, he worked with Jay Cutler and he works with bodybuilders. So those guys are really kind of at the end of the spectrum of this deal on like how they kind of uh, partition their car or their, um, their calorie stair stepping. He had a bunch of different ways to kind of approach it. Mm-hmm. But the big one um, that at least what I remember from his deal was that, uh, what was it? It was um, uh, the inflammatory. Yeah, you're right. It was the inflammatory deal with sugar and also like like gut issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... Fuck, I, I got to go back and listen to that one. I think the thing, it was also just having a balanced micronutrient vitamin mineral profile. So yeah, well... Um, is optimal. So and the only way to really do that is a balanced whole food diet. Well, the other one too is... Um, like, well, one protein is very satiating. So like, as long as you sit down with every meal and there's a pretty solid amount of protein at every meal, um, you know, when I talk to people on nutrition and do consults, I'm like, Hey, we can get really deep in the weeds on this. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you base every meal around protein and then backfill with carbohydrates and fats based on taste, Mm -hmm. you're usually going to be pretty far ahead. Like if I need you to count calories, I want you to count protein. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then uh, we can use, you know, some other things. And I think as we get more dialed, we can start using, you know, measuring cups and we can start using scales and really kind of dial stuff in. But for the most part, as long as somebody's training pretty heavy, they're eating enough protein and they're eating enough food quality of a, or enough food of a high quality to necessitate gains in the gym. Like if they come in and they're getting stronger every day, they're eating a solid amount of protein, they're recovering. We're usually on the mark. And, uh, you know, I know that sounds kind of, uh, you know, just kind of spraying, but for the most part, you can use the gym as probably the greatest Mm -hmm. results. I mean, uh, you know, the efficacy of how you're eating, you know, and I'm sure this has happened to you guys. You go into training and be like, fuck, I didn't eat enough yesterday. Yeah. Or I ate like shit and I feel terrible today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think, uh, that becomes more and more of an issue too, as you age. Yeah. 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 Um, where was it going to go with, you know, what, <clears throat> there's not a real wide spectrum of food quality. Is there like there's processed and packaged food and then there's the produce and meat counter. So at the grocery store, right? So like that's doc- it. Dr. Tom and I had a pretty good discussion. Um, and, um, Cause I asked him on this, I, when I just saw him a couple weeks or geez, it was two weeks ago, but I asked him, I was like, you know, why, uh, like, why is it that, you know, we're having some of these issues that we see today for like, you know, like, uh, cause he said over the last 20 years, the amount of people that are micronutrient deficient in things they shouldn't be yeah, like, is, is like gone through the roof. So like our ability to absorb, I'm like, is that gut inflammation? And his thing is, is that a hundred years ago, the food was probably 10 to 12 times more nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. Like if you sat down and said, Hey, I'm going to eat, um, you know, this serving of this, there was about 10 times the nutrients in that thing. Like let's say you have a cup of kale or you have an apple or whatnot, and you're looking at so it. So even in like, the produce, uh, produce, the meat, um, uh, everything he, he's like, it's the proteins, it's the carbs, uh, it's the produce. It's like, you know, the places that you're getting these, um, is so much or he goes there's the hundred years ago so his his thing was uh you the reason that you see like these old time strong men and some of these other guys and you're like man those guys were so jacked and obviously there was no drugs at the time like how how did they look like this and tom's uh deal had to do more with like more physical work especially at a younger age mm-hmm. and much more nutrient dense food and lack of processed food mm-hmm. so he's like you know just over the last 20 years even said, well, in the 20 years we've been working together, but he said in the 30 years, he said the amount, like when he tests people, the things that he never saw 
are all of a sudden happening, um, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. big numbers. Well, I guess that's part of like scaling up agriculture, agriculture and like mass producing or mass farming yeah. practices, I mean, right? That's the big thing that. with regenerative farming. Right. I mean, we, you know, we, we did a pretty extensive thing with those guys at Rome Ranch for that turkey two years ago. Yeah. And they talked about regenerative farming and stripping out the nutrients and right. being able to get the ground nesting birds back and the animals. I mean, just uh, just what we've done here in our pastures by letting the horses out and then uh, dragging the harrow and breaking it all up. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have seen there's like oh, yes. hundreds of birds. There's mm -hmm. thousands of birds and those birds come in. And like those birds really working within that poop in the, in the land, uh, that's like the magic because they eat, you know, they dig through it, they, mm -hmm. you know, what grubs, worms, whatever. And then the, the nitrogen, I mean, it's, uh, well, do you need, do you need us to poop in the field too? Well, I thought you already did that. Oh, well, Friday's field strong. We get to do the Hera. <laughs> oh God. Start programming that once PAMC is over. <laughs> oh, the, God. for more on sustainable farming, we had, you just call me a more Bobby Gill. From the Savory Institute oh, on yeah. episode 316, yeah, which yeah. is a fun one. And I, I guess I'm just, I'm trying to think like a, a normie, John, like going to the grocery store, you know, like where it's like, where food quality seems like a daunting thing to, um, well, to, to like as acquire. Norm, well, right? the, um, the real simple one is, and you know, we've talked about this at nauseum, but also like at the seminar, anybody that went to the cross of football always heard us talk about Roy G. Biff, mm -hmm. red, orange, Yellow, blue, yellow. indigo, violet. Scoop of yellow. So when you go look at, uh, you know, food quality and you're looking for some diversity within your micronutrient approach, you have to eat for different colors. So when right. you go to the grocery <laughs> store, be that modern hunter gatherer. And I want you to find like the deepest purple, the biggest colors, the reds, the greens. And I want you to have like an, like a, a, a rainbow on your plate. Um, if you look and all you see is like white and brown, like that's. Or like, I'm just thinking like, do, are people buying fish sticks? You know, like, oh, I got to get my fish in. Do you like fish sticks? Um, <laughs> I love fish sticks. I, 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 fish? I like the idea of fish sticks. Do <laughs> believe me? So do I. But like, is that is that where it is? I mean, if listen, well, if you're dining out five nights a week, it's hard to find yeah. quality food. Dining. Like if you're going to the market and you're buying foods like try to live off packaged foods, try I, to live off fast foods. It's just going to be a bad recipe. You got to learn how to cook and eat yeah. real foods and add color and variety, right? Um, like is, I remember the bodybuilder dudes I used to train with back in, uh, when I was playing, I used to train with this guy named Caesar and Brian. And, uh, during the off season, when they were trying to get as big as they can, they were like shakes, packaged foods. They ate all this. And the minute that they were like, Hey, today starts my contest prep. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden it was like, uh, uh, meal prep. They had like chicken and rice. And I'm like seeing this switch of these guys like killing shakes, bars, the whole deal. Next thing you know, they're all like kind of like small Tupperware. And I'm like, what's up with the change? And their comment was, you can't get jacked on that shit. The mm -hmm. only way you get really lean, you get jacked is by eating real foods because it ramps up, uh, you know, the metabolism, the thermogenic effect of not only the protein in this, I mean, the chewing, I mean, there's a bunch of different factors, but those guys, and they didn't know necessarily the science behind it, but they knew that, they got dramatically better shape, leaner, stronger, mm -hmm. got better off eating real food. So my comment just was best why, practice. Why yeah. not just eat real foods all, all year round? And their deal was like, <laughs> what are you an idiot? Yeah. I was like, well, that's, you know, it, there, a lot of work goes into this and to be able to contest prep like this for 12, 14 weeks, like it's fucking a lot of work. And I'm like, well, yeah, all this shit's a lot of work. Like, why wouldn't you just do it right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, so for, for, Food quality in terms of a macro, let's say, like if it fits my macros, your best 
proteins are going to be animal proteins. If it has a face, mother, soul, ran, yep. swam, or flew, uh, it's called protein. And th- like that's so easy to find. So easy to find and so easy to cook. So there's protein. Your carbs, we like to say veggies. Roots, yeah. tubers, bulbs. Uh, seasonal is I- ideal if you, you really are one of those. But even if you're buying out of season and you're like, you have to... <sighs> Man, we is it a bold statement, John, to say you have to eat a lot of out of season vegetables to hit like a toxicity on something? Uh, I no, I um, I think the problem is is that people get stuck. Like you go out to dinner and you're like, oh, they have asparagus. Let me get asparagus. So I think you have to look for variety. Like we found um, Japanese sweet potatoes the other day. Oh yeah, and, and we we cooked those big purple sweet potatoes <laughs> yeah. up. And uh, I haven't had those in a while, and I was like smashing them. I love those things. I had some too. Gave to text. Text said it tastes like dirt. No, I didn't. Yeah, you I did. You said this that, tastes like dirt. That's because you rubbed it in the dirt before well, you John, gave it to obviously. <laughs> uh, but like, I, it's not that complicated. I think the problem is, is people are intimidated. When you, when, yeah. when you walk in, go to the vegetable aisle and just kind of like, you know, beets, carrots. Uh, they always have like the prepackaged thing of the multicolored carrots. Mm-hmm. Grab those. Uh, get some form of uh, cruciferous vegetables. Kale. Um, yeah, kale. Spring asparagus, mix. Spring mix. Bro- broccoli. broccoli. Yeah. And just kind of mix it up. Cauliflower. It's my worst. Uh, yeah. Um, I especially love when they like, when they make, uh, they try to fool you that cauliflower can be like, oh, this is cauliflowered rice. No. Or cauliflower <laughs> pasta. And you're like, this isn't the same this is thing. Garbage flour. We we made uh, last night, um, I made dinner for the kids and which will basically be their lunch and their snack and dinner tonight. Mm. Uh, four pounds of uh, ground beef. And I had a bunch of gluten-free noodles and some... Um, tomato pasta sauce what's your gluten-free noodle go to like a rice noodle uh i think they're they're like the kind of the thicker rice noodles mm-hmm. so maybe they're thai so i cook those yeah. up mix them and all that put it all in a big pot and let it simmer do the kids absolutely slate it callie wrote a cool article from way back on the roy g biv uh-huh. and different pigments and then the the nutrients associated i will be sure to link that up in the show notes solid awesome Number two that I'm kind of as I'm reflecting on my journey into, I guess, how we eat, John, which is like you said, Whole Foods every day, just most of the year. The I remember being um, overwhelmed if I couldn't get like it was it was all or nothing. Right. I had to get the, the cleanest versions of all food or it would just revert to like macaroni and cheese early on in this thing, not realizing that like. And it was back in like the grass-fed beef day, yeah. wild-caught or wild, um, uh, free-range chicken, uh, wild-caught fish, and like if I wasn't willing to buy those, or you just said fuck it, I'm gonna yeah. eat fucking yeah. uh, craft macaroni and cheese. There was no check down. There was it's, no willingness to check down. Uh, dude, it's extremely common when you're first introduced yeah. to a new behavior change. But so that and so that was me. All or nothing. But yeah. isn't it like the eighty twenty? Like I, I think. Um, like, uh, uh, like I think that there's always got to be an 80-20. Like, um, Killy uh, likes these protein cookies that are made with pea protein. And they actually have, like, 20 grams of protein in them. Uh-huh. Uh, they got, like, 18 grams of carbs. And, dude, they're super, like, uh, pretty good. And she'll eat them. And I'm always like, give me some of those. Whole and foods. I'll, like, uh, yeah, they're kind of, like, at Whole Foods. They're, like, Like baked purple. or packed? No, they're, like, uh, individually packed. They put them in her. She puts them in her lunch for a snack. Dude, things like that. I look at it and I'm like, ah, it's not ideal, but like I would much rather have her eat this as a than snack. Chips Ahoy. Than Chips Yeah, than something else. Yeah, and I'm with you on that too, John. That's probably where it's literally all or nothing. If I'm going to go into that route of, let's say, a treat. packaged food or treat or snack, I'm, uh, uh, I, I rarely do it. 
But when we do, it'll be something like that. Like <laughs> the best choice possible. And I know there's like, it's just not, it's, it's very rare for our family to, to dig into stuff like that. But, um, I don't know, man. Like, I, does like what do other what do normies think on that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Any do, like, people. do they green light? <laughs> I, I mean, we we, we, how, we only know how, the crazy people that call true, in on our like, podcast. Yeah, how true. Uh, the but like, do they are they like do they eat the cookies every day? Are they eating the the well, like um uh, like well, crackers every well, day? So so the girls um like glutino every day. So like whatever we eat for dinner. Uh, we we either make extra or we save, and then that becomes the kids' lunches. Right, right. And so when we went to do uh, what was it uh, like parent teacher conferences, um, we went to the first one, and the, both of the teachers were like, "We want to eat your kids' lunches." Uh-huh. Like they were so like she's like I, I I'm like amazed like where did you guys come up with this and this and Kate was like it's yeah. just whatever we ate the night before yeah and she's like you guys eat like that every night. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was like, "Well, it's not that complicated. You get a big bag of like kale or whatever the green stuff is. You put it in a pot, a little olive oil. Mm-hmm. You know, let it cook down a little." And I'm like, "And then we either barbecue or cook some type of meat. It's either going to be uh, beef, um, you know, some fish. And I'm going to say it, chicken. I'm in. I'm elk, in on the thigh. Uh, elk, if we if we find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it, you know, we try to rotate through the different meats. Like we had." Uh, I think I had pork for two days in a row. We had, um, we got these big like pork shoulders uh-huh. and cooked them in the crock pot with like a bunch of green chili, kind of like the old days when we used to do Ooh, that. I dig the swine. So I did that and it was super lean. Oh, dude, it was so good. The, uh, where was it going to go? Do, it's do, a, do, do you remember when we were on that crock pot binge? Yes, I do. Dude, there was like three years there where they're like the crock pot literally ran nonstop in yeah. my house. Yeah. Like we burned up three of them. Dude, I remember, I remember when you blew my mind. And I came over and I forget what, I don't know the scenario other than you're like, no, I just keep putting meat in it. I don't clean it. And I was like, you can do that? And it was just like, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, at least seven days. And then like, we'll clean it after seven days or something like that. He's like, you're like, it just gets all juices and like I'm salivating right now. Oh yeah. No, I I am too. Cause it's, 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 it's actually amazing. Then, then Nate blew my mind when he was like, oh yeah, I crock pot my tri-tips. I was like, what? I was only doing chuck roasts and then like leveled up the tri-tip. I've got carnitas frontera cooking right now. That is my go-to like. John, do you do car- uh, have you ever done the Frontera pack of uh-uh. carnitas? Uh-uh. It's pretty good. I'll have to look at it. it I'll, is, I'll bring one in for okay. you tomorrow. Yeah, Sweet. it's car- it's car- just the pork shoulder from HEB. Ah. Drop it in and in one pack of this thing. And then if you're a baller, which I am, text you crisp. I crisp now. Yeah, you got to broil that uh, sucker afterwards and crisp it up. Ooh. We we did uh, chicken, uh, what were they, chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, Acceptable. We put them in like a uh, roasting pan and I did them with salt and pepper and then I like baked them I think at like 425 for like 40 minutes mm-hmm. and then I broiled them for like Ooh. three minutes. Skinless? And so, no, bone, with the skin, in? with the bone. Yeah, yeah. And they were like super crispy on mm-hmm. top and the kids, dude, were Crushed. killing those. So the secret to my chicken thigh recipe is um, shameless plug, totally unsolicited uh, tacked calories, mm. fire salt. Dude, on skin, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. And same thing, 425 for like 15, yep. 20 minutes. And that's it. Like, so it is like yeah, no, so our, easy. Our boy Casey and that tech calories. Yeah. Is, Second is awesome. secret. We'll fire FYR salt yeah. if y'all want to dive in. And it's then amazing. second secret to chicken thighs is, have you ever marinated in um, apple cider vinegar? No. Uh-huh. I, I've so it's like a, if you're, if you are a vinegar, like if you like, 
mm-hmm. sea salt and vinegar chips, for example. Like if you like that little hint of vinegar, it's a nice little bonus in mm-hmm. there. So the other one we've been doing is uh, I've been either browning the meat and doing like the meat sauce for the kids. Mm-hmm. But the other one I do is I'll make meatballs and I cook them in the pressure cooker. Okay. All right. So the the uh, yeah the pressure cooker like yeah, the fast yeah. cooker. So I'll cook the meatballs in there, and then I'll do the gluten free noodles. Throw in a little uh, tomato sauce, mm-hmm. and then I'll pour those in, and then kind of like heat it all up. Mm-hmm. And that comes out really good too. But the the other trick too, and, and I don't know if you guys are doing this, but uh, always put a little coconut oil in when you steam your rice. So okay. I put a little coconut oil in the white rice. And then when you steam it mm. and, and then you make extra, you put it in the refrigerator. And if it sits in the refrigerator for like 12 hours, then That's it becomes right. that uh, starch resistant rice. Mm-hmm. And actually the calories magically disappear. That's right. Wow. It's like uh, like you potato chips, up. right? Like yeah. in corn chips. So like you, it, it, it actually, I think dis- it, uh, they it, don't cuts, count. it cuts the calories in half, I think is the way Rob Wolf explained mm-hmm. it to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like you can, you know, if, if you're kind Go of ham trying, on, well, if, if, if you'd like hit your macros and you were to eat like, or like hit your total caloric or total volume of food, like, Hey, I need to eat a cup of rice or half a cup of rice. Mm-hmm. You can eat that and still be in caloric. Dose. Now I do want to pick Rob's brain on, um, you know, let's say you have, level four food lust with corn chips and salsa and you're eating them like a starving dog like is there a net calorie balance if you're like really ferociously eating corn yes. chips yeah that's yeah. what i thought yeah, yeah. and potato chips well I'm a pretty in, big potato chip guy intent you know what i find just don't buy that stuff oh duh yeah. <laughs> uh, i like if i can't control it i'm not buying it oh god you know like, uh, like so ashley has her little snack corner <laughs> which is those things and she goes she'll have like four chips with lunch and then i'll come home with food lust one day and she'll just like she finds like ripped open bags she crumbs she everywhere she sees me like drinking the bag and she's like are those my chips i'm like yeah get these out she's of like, here she's like i dude. have my name written on those they, chips she does, label maker and everything so my wife will weigh like uh, like when she does corn <laughs> oh. chips yeah. she'll weigh yeah. the corn chips and so she'll know exactly how many chips she has mm-hmm. and uh so then what she started doing was weighing the bag and then she'd eat them out and then weigh oh, the and bag then again the and then yeah. do the math ah. and then all of a sudden she's like have you been eating my chips i'm like maybe <laughs> i'm like why she's like the bag's lighter i'm like by how much she's like over half I'm yeah like, oh. uh, i faced the raft once uh there was just a little side bowl of chips i'm thinking nothing of it and yeah got it she's got like, talking to during the party she's like are those oh uh my wife is um and i wonder if this is like little people she's like very hyper worried that she's not gonna somehow get food mm-hmm. and i'm like well you know uh, what? well she is around you yeah. and me and McQuilkin, who are like why are we so hungry? Seafood diet. <laughs> That's the way to go. But ladies and gentlemen, I think we crushed this yeah, one. No, yeah, we, we, we knocked it out. If you got more questions, yeah. hit us up. For and, sure. And plenty of resources yeah. that we'll provide in the show notes of the episodes and articles on powerathletehq.com. That's right. So if you got a question, call us. We'll solve your problems. 929 464 time for you to empower your performance head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals and if you like to break a mental sweat too visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete success until next time bye